Hi, my name is Jerry DeCare, and I'm a comic book illustrator. I've done a lot of stuff for Marvel Entertainment, and I'm listening to the Top 5 Comics Podcast. Welcome to Top 5 Comics Podcast, people talking about comics, pop culture, and events. Today we're doing episode number 139, and this is going to be a uh, crossover episode with uh, a few of the fellows from Comic Talk 616. Uh, this is the second time we've done this. We did it about three years ago with uh, our guest, Jerry DeCare. So uh, we're going to run that for you here. As far as the show, this is a little bit different than what I normally do, but hopefully you guys enjoy. Uh, I'm going to warn you, the audio is a little rough. Uh, but the situation in place that we're recording, you know, things happen. So, apologize for that in advance. Um, hope you guys enjoy it anyway. It's good, 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 good conversation. Uh, but it is a little rough audio-wise. Um, next episode we'll be back, and uh, we hope to have a surprise for y'all on the next episode, number one forty. Uh, but yeah, enjoy the uh, enjoy the crossover episode. And after you're done, make sure to go over to the. Uh, YouTube page, look up uh, Top 5 Comics Podcast or Action Figure Deconstruction. Give us a uh, subscribe and a follow. That'd be fantastic. We've got new episodes over there for the Action Figure Deconstruction. And then uh, some of the podcast episodes are on there, but mostly we're just using it for Action Figure Deconstruction now. So any likes and follows we can get on that would be great. Share it with your friends. If you've got friends like Action Figures, point them our direction. All right, we'll go ahead and roll the uh, crossover. Incoming crossover, incoming crossover, incoming crossover, crossover, ahead. Mm-hmm. On that note, welcome to Comic Talk 616. This is Steve. Oh gosh. I'm Matt. Uh, from Comic Talk. Uh, Mike, partner with Zero Kill Studios. Jake from Comic Talk 616. Or Lord Chase. Lord Jake, that's right. right. I am. Oh, yeah. Lord Face Lord Face Lord Jake Craft. Jake Lord Face Lord Face Still Lord, doesn't matter. Josh from Top 5 Comics Podcast. Steve CBS, Top 5 Comics Podcast. Hashtag Construction. Never Done Podcast. And Comic Shop. Also Never Been Done Podcast. Yeah. Wow, way to flex, man. I mean, you know, yeah. we do a lot of things. Coming in here with his podcast, probably. We've got a. Facebook show with Dustin. I mean, that's good. That's good. He's got a cool toy review. We don't have that. <laughs> yeah, this is like way better than any of our toy reviews ever have been. Our toy reviews are kind of sad. It's been really fun doing that, though. Yeah? Yeah, it's yeah. super fun because it's like, gives you an excuse to buy figures. Besides just like collecting figures, you're like, I need to buy this because we're going to do a review on this figure. Yeah. To be fair, that's how I buy some big comic books. That's like, how I just buy some of the things I buy. Yeah, that's my job. I do a podcast. Yeah, that's. Well, anytime I have that conversation with Alexa, she's like, "Well, how important is that?" Like, well, I kind of have to do it for the podcast. So, I mean, that's how we like. You just guess the shows to watch. That's a 2017 Camaro. I mean, what does that have to do with the podcast? There's an Iron Man sticker on it. Yeah, Iron Man sticker. I'm gonna say, if you get the decal, man, you're probably good. Yeah, it's somewhere. Is that a text right up? Oh, anyway. It is. It is. Because you did it for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. I mean, that's the hard one to prove, probably. Well, no. If they ask, they don't ask and you're fine, right? Yeah. Anyways, we've got a really cool episode this week, guys. Um, we're kind of doing this weird mashup with uh, 
top five podcasts again. Uh, we did this one last time with Jerry DeCare. Right. So it's cool. We got a really Three cool... Years ago? Good. Probably, man. Like, it's been... Time's weird. It's been a while. It is. Does time even exist? You know, at this point... I'd like to say no, but that's not true. Because <laughs> I feel older every day. We go... We do things by Marvel time. Like, 50 years of things have happened, but really only 20 years have taken place. And in that 20 years, it got erased and resetted. So really, it's only 6 years. <laughs> so like a flashpoint? Sure. I was thinking more like Common Core Math version of time. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, uh, yeah, whatever. Um, anyway, so yeah, so it's super cool. Uh, the topic we're talking about is where I can't believe we're doing this episode, but I guess you might as well because it doesn't make sense and it's important. The effects that COVID 19 has had on the comic book industry, and we thought who better to team up with that than CBSD to talk about it. Our local black market comic book dealer. I got a title for the episode. <laughs> What's the title? All right, you'll see. Okay. <laughs> that's the. That's gonna be the literal title. You'll see. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Okay. Anyway, so how is everyone's week? Pretty good so far. Uh, I play video games, watch anime, and yeah, work. Oh, so regular week. Yeah, kind of, actually. <laughs> Except for I was at home for most of it. Instead of over here in Junction. And the, I have the option of going to work now. Like, there's, they, they're allowing, like, ten people in our office. And there's, like, three. And I kind of understand why. Because I kind of like rolling out of bed and being to work in two minutes. Just showing up to work naked. Yeah. Like, do you report yourself to, like... <laughs> do you like... shirt on top. Do you like report yourself to HR and be like... Listen. I am unsuitable to work here. <laughs> I just keep showing up to my office in the nude with no pants. Weird. I mean, well, actually, no, no. See, all I have to do is wear a shirt because I have a morning meeting at 9. So I just gotta, you know, so I just gotta stand up. I don't have to, no, I don't have to stand up. You know what you should do? You should get yourself a water cooler and put it in the corner of your house and, like, walk over there and, like, have, like, banter to yourself, like, water cooler banter. Yeah. I got a little box with uh, Bob Ross's face on it. Sometimes I banter with it. Hey, how's it going, man? Oh, it's a happy I've been lonely, guys. Uh, no, I've <laughs> I've actually been fine. I've actually been pretty good. I've been hanging out with family and stuff. So. so now the real question, are we real or are we just a part of your imagination? That's a great question, Bob Ross. Uh, <laughs> just happy to the people. Talking the landscape of your life. I don't even know anymore, man. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I've been at home working yeah, I mean, as long as you're not harassing yourself at all, we should be fine, right? He is. He, I mean, I'd like to report. I wouldn't really. I'd like to report that a guy's being mean to me. He's <laughs> pointing out all my faults. Kind of rude. <laughs> a little hypervigilant. <laughs> Who is it? Me. Oh. He stands there in the mirror and points and yells at himself. Yeah. Yeah. See, what Jake doesn't realize is now I have nobody else to blame when like the dishes are not aren't done. Because we're roommates, and now we're not roommates. When, like, the dishes are done, I'm like, hey, who didn't do the... Oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> you should still call me up like, the dishes didn't get done. The hell, Jake? This man... He, like, has to prank himself just to make things feel normal. <laughs> like, said, so we used to have this thing in our house called Obi-Wan. Oh, yeah. We had this Obi-Wan cut out, and so, like, you'd, like, hide him in different places in the house. And sometimes when friends would go on vacation, we'd break into the house and do it. But... You know, you could, like, be three in the morning, going to pee, and then, like, here's Obi-Wan, who the hell out of there? The thing is that it's, like, it, 
It's, it's really scary. It's, it's realistic enough. Like, there's a person shape, so it's realistic enough that you're like, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, wait, that's that's a Mountain Dew Star Wars standee from ten years ago. Or more. <laughs> so it's Ian McGregor. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's kind of creepy, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's, it's, like, it's the one with the brain tube on the Phantom Menace, so it's even more It's only really creepy because it's out of, like, you, you catch it on the side of your eye. It could literally be anybody from anything. Yeah, that's true. You're not expecting it, it's gonna be. Um, oh. the reason why we figured that out is because it kept creeping me out because they used to work night shift and they get home at like 2 o'clock in the morning. And I'd walk in the living room, flip the light on, and be like, Because <laughs> there was a person in the corner. Right. Yeah. What's real fun is when you put it right in front of the door. Oh, gosh. In the morning. Yeah. You open the door to the bedroom. <laughs> so this is how I, like, people do that too. One time I hit him in, in the shower that he is. Okay. One time I hit in this little, there's this little side room. And it was dark in there, and I hit it just inside the door, like peeking through the door. It's pretty good. Yeah, you always could tell too because you just heard oh, no, some sort of swear word, like super loud. <laughs> no, and you're like, it's score. No, see, the thing is, it's like there was a good like you could hear. You're like you hear somebody get up. You're like, you get, you get. Dang it, back. Oh yeah, that, you got, we got him. Yeah. Oh, one time I hit it outside the front door. That was the best one, I think. <laughs> we really expected. I was the most proud of that one. It's a, it's a good one, It's yeah. a roof, too, because the weather, you're like, well, yeah. Colorado weather's unpredictable, so you're like, it's either going to be perfect or it's, it's your own way. It's literally the best $10 I've probably ever spent. <laughs> it was definitely. I mean, very uh, three-minute-a-baby, Ted dancing in the curtains, not dead kid ghost. Because that's what most people think it is, but it's Ted dancing's face. It's a cut, yeah, positive. Yeah. It's a cutout from one of the other scenes of the movie where you're supposed to be an actor guy, and whoever put it in the scene just didn't think about it, I guess. So, yeah, if that's what the ghost is. It was like the director's son or something. I was like hiding behind the curtain. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not. It's not a dead kid. It's not a kid. It's, it's dead dancing. He's going to stop it on high def. <laughs> I'm not saying I do. I'm just saying you, you can see it. That's funny. Just YouTube it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> YouTube. What did you do this week, Steve? Rip. Oh yeah. Play some Warzone. And work some more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you tried to play, you tried to play Warframe. You tried to start a crazy other game. Because I don't want to play Call of Duty. You don't have to. I stuck into this Call of Duty thing. I've been upset about this. Thank you. About what? <clears throat> Call of Duty. Almost oh, stupid. I got friends who are like, let's play Call of Duty. Okay. It's basically Fortnite that's, you know, better weapons. Like, why don't you just yeah. get your heroes and leave? See, you're you're thinking of Call of Duty like two years ago. Does it have the word Call of Duty in it? This is the remastered one. This, this is the Warzone group battle thing the, everyone's playing. The game free to play when other people have. Yeah. It's just like... Fortnite, but for... Yeah, no, it's for not. Adults, you obviously have played Fortnite. Yeah, I played Fortnite. I don't both know that I'm bad at it. No, you played Fortnite. Really if you played Fortnite for half a match and didn't kill anybody, no, you didn't play too hard. I think pretty sure I killed myself. Yeah, that's that's it. I've been rocking the rock no. Division no? 2. Oh, yes, okay. me and somebody I've been playing Division 2 for a minute now. Oh, no, I'm just saying, like, Division 2? played for, like, five minutes. Oh, first of all, I'm good at yeah, Sims. Right. I'm up to like at least 25 children now. Dead. <laughs> Dead. 
If you first you do a succeed. Oh no, I have the cow plant. Uh, I uh, so the cow plant can eat the mess hoppers. Mm. I don't know why. I They're all mine. Does <laughs> that make it better? I, I would explain it, but it, like, it, I don't want to like get like referred to like a psychiatrist after this. It's just best. I've been trying. To oh, no, 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 no. We, we, okay, so back in the day in high school, they had the gigapets. So there's little things you had like Vito, Tomagachi's back there. Right, right. And my buddy, Patrick, he would discipline it every time it went to the bathroom. So eventually it quit going to the bathroom and got sick and died. So that was when I, that's when he had problems. <laughs> Listen, you could be a monster on Sims, but on the Tomagachi, you might as well just kick a dog in a real life. That's just the way I see it. I've been going through my uh, PlayStation Plus library. Like, so just the stuff I've been getting on PlayStation Plus. And just, I'm like, I'm going to start that soon. So I finally started. Um, I beat Bulletstorm. That's insanely violent and brutal and uh, really fun. Violent and brutal. They have, a, they have a mode that changes the main character in the Duke Nukem. But like, they don't change any of the other voice lines. So all these people are calling him by the wrong name. So the... The story of the Duke Nukem version is that he's just really pissed off that nobody remembers who he is. During, during the, the quarantine, I had like four weeks off of work, and I was doing the same thing. I zoomed through games to see which ones I want to play, and I found this game called uh, Hellblade: Sinuous Sacrifice. Yes. One of the best games I've ever played, ever. It's beautifully it's done. It's a couple years old. It's a couple years old. It's beautifully done. Graphics are amazing. Falls Norse, you know, mythology. And there's this whole psychological aspect to it where basically she's a paranoid schizo. And you're hearing voices, you wear headphones with it. There are parts in that game that get your heart rate going up to 160 just sitting still playing the game. And nice. It's, it's, it's awesome. I recommend it. I bought a book from Steve this week. So did I just now. Who thinks you did? Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's, that was my week. Literally. I've just been working in we, uh, yeah. we got back to work, so we haven't had much to do pulling weeds, and we don't have a budget right now. But the uh, plus side is we got the first test print of our comic book. Oh, yeah, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. <laughs> did you, did you check it out? <laughs> I want to see what the cover is like. Oh, and then ran off something. Yeah, no, it's super cool. I'm excited I for it. I need to. I've read the watching the book, and then apparently we were going next door. <laughs> I've, apparently, I've read the book so many times at this point because Alexis has been working on it. So it's just been like, you know, I could do a one man play. Right. <laughs> it wouldn't be very good, but I could do it. So being a musician, you hate all your songs by the time you go on the road with them. It's <laughs> alright. Alexis did, didn't want to show us. Why? Because oh, like, the errors that we found. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Well, that makes it. I pointed out to her. It's not vital. Oh, yeah. uh, it's not vital. It's fine. <laughs> like the first, thing, the first thing I saw when I when you posted the cover on Facebook. Like, who's Escalara? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Anyways, how was your guys' weeks? It's good, man. My guy. I work over at No Coast, and so. We never closed, we just did takeout, and it's just been cool. insane running, and like, I'm the general manager of the executive chef, so it's just like, I'm there every day anyway. Yeah, you yeah. ate there the other day for uh, one of the owners, the other yeah, show's birthday here the other day. 
just it's just been crazy. Like we've been, we've been incredibly blessed. So it's just been nuts doing that. But then Steve and me have just been doing the action figure deconstruction stuff, like getting to play with toys, like on video. It's pretty fun. Tell us more about that. I'm actually really interested in that. Thing. Okay, this sounds dumb, but there's because of quarantine. In fact, I got a TikTok to watch videos. I know, make fun of me for later. But, so they did do like these action sequences, like stop motion stuff. Dude, it's so cool. Can we put it now? I mean, you're going to, so. <laughs> yeah, no. Shut up. Matt's in love with Squirrel Girl, so. It depends on which version it is. I mean, the worst one. one's okay. Well, let's just say the worst one. It's all the versions. Let's not you're say that, right? please. Okay. To be fair, you're like very big fan of Squirrel Girl. I do, I do like Squirrel Girl. But it depends on which one it is. <laughs> so, fair. just so you know, we actually have, so we have this thing called the Mountlander that we like to do every year, and it's just like cool pictures of Matt. When we finally have the thick months, like, we have like, oh, we're going to have, it's, it's going to be a, a Mattlander. 15 month Mattlander. Yeah. Because we have enough. For next, for next year. With, of just Matt and Squirrel Girl. And it's pain every single time. And the worst part is, too, like, the worst, the best one that ever happened. And there was this... Oh, my she God. Was, she was a young girl, right? Oh, that was and a you can tell it was her first convention, and she was super stoked about Squirrel Girl. And she was talking <laughs> crap, and like, oh, you didn't get one. We were literally on our way, like, feet away from our hotel at Fanex, and I see her, and I grab her. She's super excited, thinking he's a fan. This little girl. And so he's sitting there. Yeah. You can see the pain in the face. He's like trying to make her date. Well, like, not die inside. Oh. That was, you're a monster. Where's <laughs> a full grown person? It's like, oh no. <laughs> but it's a little girl. So I'm like, isn't Squirrel Girl the best? <laughs> if they get you, like, every day that they get you, you should have to wear a Squirrel Girl shirt the next day as well. I don't think that's... No, that's not how that works at all. <laughs> so then, like, so when you take the picture, you look like a, a, a fanboy every single time. See, I like this guy. Yeah. See, no, no. See, they're already preying on my politeness. Like, I'm not going to be like, get out of here. Gross. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, like... You just have to be able to get away quick enough. So. We, we were, like, at the same office See, the thing here, the thing he started, his, like, office warming gift was a picture of him and the squirrel girl. And they put it on there, and everyone kept asking if it was his girlfriend. And he kept it up there for, like, almost a month. I kept it up there because I thought it was hilarious. Because it is funny. And it's not that polite. It's, it's gotten to the point where watching him try to get away and dodge all the squirrel girls at cons is almost as fun as actually getting a picture. <laughs> Sometimes I'll walk, I'll look across the room, and see a person in a squirrel girl costume, and turn to him. <laughs> oh, man. You can tell. That's really like, Let's check out. I, oh, I got I got Rachel a couple of times. And it's like, hey, you should check that out over there. She's like, oh, oh okay. Oh yeah, she sold you out a few times. She did sell me out a few times. There's a couple. No, she got me a few times too. She's like, hey, Matt, uh, someone over here. Uh, there's a really cool person over here. I was like, oh, awesome. So we walk over. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <laughs> hold on. But yeah, so like, sorry for the rabbit trail. We warned you guys. Yeah. Um, tell us more about this like action figure podcast. It seems super. Oh yeah. So it's YouTube videos. Um, basically, do a figure review. So far, we've done it weekly. So far. So I guess we'll see if convention season starts again. It's a wink, wink, because I don't think it's going to. Which is sad. Does the wink, wink actually make the wink, wink sound? I mean, it does because it's a comic book. So there's a, there's words and everything. Yeah, we basically do a review figure, um, how it works, how it moves, 
who kind of started at the end of the Top 5 Comics podcast. We'd, at the end, it would be like an action figure deconstruction. So this week I got this figure, and we talk about it. But, like, talking about it doesn't, I mean, yeah, doesn't, doesn't do it justice. So yeah. like, let's just do a video. And then it kind of became its own thing. It's kind of, and it's the way we shoot it and everything. It's really fun. Yeah. Um, and, again, it gives us an excuse. It gives me, anyway, because I'm trying <laughs> to be anti-hoarding and, like, get less things out of my house. And, like, it just gives me a reason to buy things, like, the Ultimate Warrior Masters of the Universe crossover figure, which I would never... And that's pretty sweet. Freaking awesome. It's like He-Man, but the Ultimate Warrior. Or we did the the Jedi Reven. It's like the GameStop exclusive. It's like the Darth Reven, but the Jedi version. It's, it comes with just the purple lightsaber with the white Jedi robes. It's a really cool figure. So we've done some really cool ones. Star Wars Blast. It's coming. <laughs> You'll be not fired anymore. <laughs> it was a really cool figure. Um, I know we did done some work from like independent companies. Like we did one last week from uh, Hats. No, Boss Fight Studios. Boss Fight Studios. And like, like they make some of the best three and three quarter figures, really. Like G- think GI Joe style, but with the modern articulation and like interchangeable parts, customization. They're kind of like the flagship of the yeah. the, the one eighteen four inch figures that like. Especially in independent toy companies, they're the flagship. Everybody looks to them for advice. Like the overseas stuff, all the factories, they're the one. They, they dealt with all the problems before everybody else did. So when, like, cause they did a Kickstarter, but everybody else was like, hey, what did you guys do to fix this problem? I'm like, let it, let's show you. And they've been like really helpful. So there's a bunch of other figure lines that have come like out the, because the of that. The Tesla, like, toy company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, like, our pets are private, like, how we just <laughs> Yeah, they, they've been really awesome. And then, like, the, uh, we've had a little bit of communication with, like, Domain Sculptor. And uh, he has sculpted figures for the Star Wars Black, um, the new six-inch GI Joe line. Um, quite a few figures actually, like the GI Joe four-inch, like the um, Rise of Cobra back then. Like he's done like a lot of design for that, and he started. He's like, "Hey, thanks for the the review. If you guys need anything? Let me know." And so that's it's pretty neat, just getting my people that you know, like that we're fans of, to get back to us. It's just been really neat. So. Yeah, and something that's cool about them is they like the stuff they make isn't just soldiers. I mean, like, there's Acid Rain, which is another company, and their stuff's amazing. It's about a dystopian future, where the rain is turned basically to acid, and it has this whole mech suit thing going on with robot cars you can wear. It's awesome. But, like, Boss Fight, they make, like, they need to deal with, uh, so they got Flash the, Gordon? Yeah, the Flash Gordon, like, the, the so the sci-fi and the movie versions, they're doing, like, a four-inch figure line of Flash Gordon, the Phantom... Bucky O'Hare, um, Zoro. They're gonna be doing like a four-inch Zoro line, like all sorts of like just really cool figures that. Yeah, and, like history figures too. Like they they really are awesome. You should really check out if you like figures at all. You should look at Boss Fight Studios because like they're the amount of stuff they make. This just this the amount of different stuff. I mean, Roman figures, knights, uh, gladiators, army figures. So like it's yeah, it's crazy. But I mean, that's a fun thing to do. I don't know. Cut and paste video. Like customizing, like, like painting and mix and matching parts and stuff. Like their stuff's interchangeable with a lot of other lines too. So like heads, arms, shoulders, like anything. Like they come apart and I like, can mix and match. So but. customizing, great. Make figures of yourself if you want to. Really? Do that. Make figures of yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fully articulated. I think we need. Uh, speaking, yes. More face tat that's and the cool. blueberry figures. Just gonna be honest, that that figure's probably gonna be more flexible than I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
But yeah, um, as far as stuff, I mean, that's basically what it is. I mean, video-wise, we've, I don't know, we got nine up now? Yeah, we're at nine. I think. Yeah. That's right. We've got a, I think, the ne not next week, but the week after is the Armored Cats. And what are those things called? Is that this week? What are those things called? Uh. Yeah, you have to look it up because I don't remember what they're called. Anyway, basically what it was is as a, it started as a joke that Undercats? some company, no, this company, and I don't know where the joke started, but it was basically the idea of taking house cats and weaponizing them. Oh. And then turning into the line of figures that are basically models, really? But why wouldn't you, Walmart? I mean, that's true. Why, why wouldn't yeah, you? Have you, you seen, put a, you can't, uh, have you seen the 3D printed cat armor? It's a thing. And it's cool. Guys, it, it just reminds me of the Russian movie Guardians. <coughs> with the oh, bear yeah. with the minigun. Dude, that's, bear my, that's, my, dude, that's my favorite movie. That's the line, never go full bear mode. <laughs> Listen, I think you should always go full bear mode. Oh, yeah. The Guardians, it's, you know that movie's very, for the fact of how good it looks, it's really underrated. Dude, that is so cool. Oh, yeah. It reminds me of, like, Zoids, but with cats. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Before I pass this around, it's, it's Mikubusu Tenkomori by Bandai. So, I mean, it's, I mean, they're building it was like a puzzle. Oh, like, it was like, it took us, I don't know, like, 45 minutes to put it together, man. It was too long, it was supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally worth it. It's part of the fun, but it's like, yeah. it, it was pretty intense. You know what was like a cat? Because it's like, I was totally like, yeah, you, you can, you can paint everything. It was like an 80s movie, a robot jocks. <laughs> you jumped in the robot thing, and you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like, I would totally paint my cat with like some armor, and just be like, <laughs> you could buy weapons that fit your cat's personality. I feel like my cat would be more like a melee cat, so, you know, maybe some, like, machetes on her arms or something like that. There's mace on her tail. There's quite a few. Some, like, some have guns, some have, some have, like, have that. Like, I don't know about their... There's a couple that just have, like, hammer appendages. So there's a whole different ones. Like, the one we did is the box one, so it has a lot of different parts. Yeah. They make a whole bunch of different ones. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. There needs to be a cat convention where people bring their cats in battle oh, armor, and when they can get battle cat like that, mm -hmm. I'm thinking about made of two sets of this for my cats. So oh, this sounds probably illegal, but what if you were to do like <laughs> non-people <laughs> version of like that armor and like you know what those robot wars? Yeah, but with cats. So like you get you your cats cat fighting. Not the cat. I mean, rooster fighting is illegal. Don't worry about illegal. But cat fighting. But like, 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 I feel like no, no, it's like, like, let's say, like, the armor falls off, right? Yeah, the armor falls off. Like, cat marking. Cat marking, yes. Thank you. Cat marking. Carping. It'd just be like a bunch of cats just laying there because they don't have the ass. No, dude, you just throw a bunch of catnip in there and then you just let it go. So you're going to give them drugs before you make them beat each other up? That's the only way to make it work. It's just like MMA. The only way to make it work. I'm pretty sure I just make it up. You just put a pile of catnip on the middle of the arena. And it's a battle for catnip. Now, I feel if you weaponize cats and put them in an arena, the people in the most danger are probably going to be the other people in the arena. I'm pretty sure we just created that scenario. <laughs> here's, the real, here's the real problem. Um, <laughs> if, 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 people don't die, if people don't die in our cats going crazy, they're going to die from the puns. 
Because I can't, I can't imagine uh, like a there's so much catastrophe. Yeah, no, I can't imagine a battle royale style thing with twenty cats without one being named Katniss. The same. Yeah. Dude, yeah. like in the pay per view, yeah, it could be like called the Cataclysm. Yeah. Oh man, I'm gonna put this in the paper. Oh, no. I'm pitching this. I gave, I gave you. What you do, the police? True TV. True TV. No, don't put anything on. It's just listen. Yeah, we better record. No, okay. First of all, the, for the people who like funded and approved Tiger King would be the same people who will put on Battle Cats, the TV show. Okay. So yeah, it'll just be a show about cats, drugs, and violence. Yeah, which I, I guess we can go ahead and get to the main episode. I think we've wasted enough time. Yeah, definitely. That's a pretty good, pretty good segue. The, is that enough, enough banter there? Oh, yeah, no. Segue if you don't mention that it's a segue. No, 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 Maybe we're sponsored by saying that. You're so. forgiven, Steve. I just have no, to Steve, you're right. We'll blame Jake. We'll blame Jake. You've got to face that. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's his fault. It's his fault. <laughs> Sorry. So do we have anybody in here that's an expert on the comic industry? Oh, okay. Yeah, Mike. <laughs> you're yeah. a comic. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, the funny thing is, is I have never, before probably two years ago, read a comic in my entire life. I was never a comic book kid growing up, never an action figure kid. I was always more into dump trucks and cars and playing cops and stuff like that. And lo and behold, here I am, years and years down the road, writing a comic book and podcast, or I guess, a, I don't know, what would you call it? Would you call it a podcast or is it like a audio drama? Audio, audio, audio drama. drama, yeah, writing an audio drama. And uh, we always wanted it to be a comic book or, you know, whatever, and we never found a talented enough artist to do it, and Jake introduced me to Alexa, and... Boom, match was made, and now we are writing comic books. So, what we're, what we're talking about, Steve and I have talked about this a little bit, you know, we're uh, business neighbors, right? And so, you know, we, we, I'd pop over and not buy comics, you know. Sad day, yeah. Darn, what did I do during quarantine? Not read comics. But, <laughs> you know, and so we, we talked about things and, like, you know, we, we wrapped that mass like stock of of the pop a little bit too. I was really sad about that actually, but it is I was odd that they have so many properties and they're having that problem. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. But anyways, so, a conversation the conversation that came up was like how bad COVID was affecting the comic books industry, and then, hence this episode. So I guess really the man. The dude, the person who should be taking this over, would be. See, I guess you kind of lead this conversation. The Lord gives you permission. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, that seems weird because I think it's an appointed title, but whatever. Um, <laughs> as, I mean, as far as the thing, like, comes I mean, if you put your own, then it doesn't count. I do. Well, okay. I don't know, like, comic books just in general, at this point, it's in a weird place, man. Like, we were talking about the other day, Jake. The movies that we've seen both Marvel and DC make are very... Neither one of them is clean in the situation. And, like, I think for most stores, the few that have gone out of business already, because there's been a handful of, like, long-time companies that are done, part of it's because of the way their company was set up. They were 
been repairs to Diamond owing money for books they'd already gotten and hadn't sold, and because of quarantine and how many months they were under, they couldn't recover. So, like, Colorado, so us, like where we're at, the whole comic stop and the quarantine sort of happened at the same time. So, like, it wasn't the worst for us this first month and a half of being shut down for stuff. The real problem's going to be, like, once we get to June and July, whether people can come back. I mean, with everybody being, I mean, the amount of people that were laid off, and the amount of people that were on furlough, or at this point, unemployment, depending on where you land on employment, maybe you're better off. I mean, depending on who you are. But which is still bad. In the end of the day, it's still a problem. So, like, as a thing, there's no win there. So it's more a matter of whether the economy returns, whether it keeps stores like us open or not. And, like, I don't know, man. As far as, like, bad moves or questionable moves, I mean, Diamond's an evil organization. Because they're a monopoly. And that's hard to not be that, but all the contracts they built back whenever there were multiple distributors is why they are what they are. So with that in mind, I mean, they managed to create a loophole with this whole shutdown that some companies have decided to exploit a little bit. And that might work better for us. I mean, we talked about it on another podcast. It might make things better. But it, so far it hasn't, and it seems like everybody's just exactly the same match. So, like, the two new companies that showed up for DC Comics is Luna, the Lunar, no, Luna, 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 and then USC. And they're both actually big comic book companies that just, this is part of their company. We've argued about it before, I mean, Josh, about them being separate companies, but when you see Sam's and Walmart, are they the same? I mean, technically they are, right? I mean, they, they are because Sam's Club is owned by the Walmart family. Right. It's so that same umbrella, one's the handle, one's the umbrella. Same the corporation. Same corporation, but at the end of the day, they're running off the separate bank accounts. Separate right. operating companies of the same corporation. Regardless, the, same, the one person makes all the money from both. Right. So they're still connected the same way. And that's the same problem with Luna, which is actually Midtown Comics in New York. And USC is, gosh, I think they're DCBS, which is a terrible batch of letters, if you think about it. Which I want to see is, I think they're Florida, but I don't know that. I don't know enough about them to know that. But Luna, the other company, it's USC. I, yeah, I think they are Florida. I think so. Are they distributing for DC as well? Yes. So there's two new distributors for DC and Diamonds. Now there's three. So DC has all three companies, depending where you're located, in the state terms whether you have USC or Luna. So... As a thing, it's an option, so as a store, you can try to make the decision and choose if you want to use something other than Diamond, which at some point might create a good uh, battle between the companies to keep you. So far, it hasn't. Um, I see more worry from that just because of how both those companies work. And, like, that's, I mean, we can talk about that too, I guess, if you want. Yeah, because from my understanding, Diamond has a very known reputation for being pretty vindictive. I mean, I don't want to mention Hastings, but a lot Hastings, a lot of Hastings issues of being going bankrupt was their fault. You know, they could have closed down stores, looked at the ones that were profiting, and like keep those stores open and slowly reopen more. But also because they were kind of trying to—I don't want to say get away from Diamond—they were trying to break up with Diamond, and the Diamond being the vindictive girlfriend was just like, "Where's, where's my money?" Now, the, you know, because they had credit on Diamond, right. the moment they were trying to leave, you know, Diamond sent them the bill, and he seems to pay up. 
Now, some of the same stuff, remember Borders, right? Well, Borders is partially why Tokyo Pop closed, because Borders owed Tokyo Pop a lot of money, and Borders decided to close, and Tokyo Pop couldn't collect. And then Tokyo Pop sold a bunch of their characters, they quit being a company for a while. Now we're back, sort of, but some of the big-name companies, or big-name characters, aren't with them anymore. It's because of how much money Borders owed them, and while money on paper is fine, and it doesn't necessarily matter if it's paid because it looks good on paper, when it came known that Borders was going to shut down, that just killed the other company because of how much debt they had owed to Tokyo Pop. Similar thing with Hastings. I mean, Hastings, they're trying to find anything to keep themselves open, which makes sense because in the digital age, movies, music, everything's becomes a different kind of nightmare for especially for a company like that. Right, but Hastings, at least Maritime was thriving. Like, I know yeah, I, Hastings, fine, yeah. I was going there three or four times a week to, to rent Montreal's too. What are they I heard one of Montreal's was doing really they well. Were. And like, I went there for my figures mm -hmm. they were selling the Marvel Legend figures right. and they had the pop figures. You know, and a lot of those like weird accessory-like one-off collectibles that you really couldn't get at Walmart. Right, right? Yeah. They were available at Hastings. Right. Now it's just like D&D books, man. Nightmare D&D books. Yeah, so they... Yeah, as far as product security, they carried a lot of different products. But kind of like what you said, once they started bleeding, the company didn't cut off the arm, to, to cut off the hand to save the arm. They just kept bleeding, and eventually they got so far in debt it wasn't just it wasn't just Diamond. I mean, they owed Diamond over a million dollars. That's a million dollar well, product that got <clears throat> in the store and never paid for. I feel like they could easily made that money back. Like with all the product that Hastings had, you know, they were easily making that back within. Probably three months. They could have paid them back. They just mismanaged their money so bad. Oh yeah, the company as a whole did. But long story short, Diamond is known for being very vindictive. They are a hard company to work with, and they do have like we've done fairly okay with them. But even even we have arguments every week about damaged product, and like maybe my damage line, their damage line is slightly different. But as a thing, I want my people. You guys to get the best versions of books you can get. Aw, I mean, I think I think that's the moral of the story here <clears throat> is giant corporations taking over stuff is almost it's the forbidden treasure, it's the cookie jar that you shouldn't reach your hand into when you're a small guy. Like we've decided we're not going to go big, big, big. Can I hold myself to that? If three years from now you're the, the, that. Right, right. I mean, can I hold myself to that if Fox comes to you and says, hey, we want to give you $20 million to make a movie of this, and now they own the rights? I mean, I can't say. I will, I will, I'll, I'll sell out. But I, I'll try not to, but, but I mean, we've seen this over and over again, and, and you guys, I mean, I don't know any of this stuff. I'm basically getting a lesson right now. Sure. But this is the same crap I'm hearing from stuff that I do know, like the video game industry. Look at, look at the tragedy that happened to Mass Effect, you know? So, uh, yeah, but it's a technical issue, so if any of this is repeated, sorry, but... Uh, it wasn't technical issues. Oh, you hurt your feelings and cried and you left. Well... Uh, Matt had to make you feel better. Matt does give excellent hugs. Yeah, he's still loving us. He's like a non-furry <laughs> like non bear. But, uh, yeah. I don't know, I'm pretty... Uh, anyway. We're talking about... You should cosplay the shirtless bear fighter. <laughs> <laughs> The corporate, the corporate evilness, and I don't, you know, it's just whenever companies, they start to get that point where they move into giant corporations, the giant corporations start funding them, we start seeing this uh, degradation in the story or in 
it's love to the fans or it's, I guess it's want to make something that's truly amazing gets overtaken by what's profitable, what can we market, what's the one symbol, the one thing that we can just constantly pump out and get money off of over and over again that people are so sick of it and we throw it in a recycling bin and find somebody else. And, and you know, we see that everything from video games like Mass Effect, and we see it to, uh, you know, even music, you know, in the music industry. I mean, as far as the whole, like, COVID thing, you know, I don't know if Diamond's 100% that's safe to blame. Like, honestly, I, th- I think what is to blame here is the media's egregious, like, misuse and mishandling of, of information, and the uneducated closures, you know, handled by our, our government. Like, let, let's, let's be honest, right? Are there really enough people going in and out of comic books? And like, here's, one, here's the thing. I'm not. I'm going to go on this little rant just for a short bit, bit to make my point. You have all these people who like suffer from depression and anxiety and all this stuff, and they use fandom in order to like, you know, medicate themselves and, and handle their or their stuff. And long story short, it's just like they deemed a liquor store to be open. But Steve, who provides a service that's one healthy, educational, and helps people be connected to other people for the sake of, like, actually benefits them, he has to shut down. Because people decided to, one, fear monger, and two, not do proper education. Like, le- like legitimately, let's be honest, if someone's, like, coughing all over these books and damaging his products, do you really think he's going to, like, let people stay in there? No, heck no. Like, that's... If he did, I'm sorry, he's a, he's a, he's an idiot. He's a bad businessman, and bad in general. Right, so, it's just like, to me, it's just like, this misuse of information and educational decision making, I think has put the comics book industry in like, a weird, tight spot, because it's just like, not only did Steve suffer, but people are suffering emotionally and mentally, and I'm not saying like, Comic books could save your life, but comic books could save your life. Right. And like, here's the thing: people have died from depression. They've died from anxiety. They they killed themselves because, like, this quarantine. And honestly, it was an unnecessary closure. And I think it's going to affect the comic book industry in a negative way. Because now, companies like Marvel and DC are going to say, like, I don't really need distributors. I really don't need these small shops. I could just have them come get their fix from me directly. You know, we talked a little bit about that yeah. in, in the show. We were talking the other day, like, I do feel like Marvel's, and this is nothing to do with Diamond. I mean, Diamond's made a lot of, just to in that part for a second, Diamond's done a lot of good things to try to help space stuff a bunch of, like, not go fund me things, but a bunch of, uh, relief. Relief fund things. And I'm trying to struggle to remember what they call the first two, but, They've done that, and they're doing a big motion to be, like, a back-in-business kind of motion that they're trying to push. They're just supposed to result in, like, handouts and things that are promotional to try to help stores. I'm sure the bigger stores will be better, but whatever. Um, but, yeah, like, we're, like the whole thing we were talking about with the cutting out the industry in general, I mean, a good example is, and I, I like this book, so it makes it more angry for me, but, but Hawkeye Freefall, as an example. Right. Good story. I mean, we reviewed the first issue on our show. It gets good. Art's good. Story's good. Um, it has... It's a six-part miniseries. Issue four came out. At this point, there's no plans to print issue five or issue six. 
Not because the series is canceled, although they have hinted that, oh, we were going to cancel it anyway, everybody. But the sales numbers weren't bad. I mean, they sold, the, the book itself got set in print for issue one. Issue two didn't get set in print, but generally speaking, issue one orders are always heavier. Issue three got set in print. Issue four didn't, but that's two out of the four that had to go back to press because people still wanted copies. And now you're not printing five and six, but you can get it digitally. So if you want to finish the story, you either go buy it digitally or hopefully make a trade in six months. And then buy the trade. Thus buying the same books twice, but you get two books. But you can't buy the issue. No. Which is, which is dumb, because it's like, if you like the single issues and you go after the runs, right. or the covers, or to physically have, to have a complete run, they're, they're basically saying, <laughs> no. Well, are comic book, you know, comic book fans, are they even interested in digital copies? I'm a big Magic the Gathering fan. And I've had friends go, hey, let's play MGT online. No. Right. Well, you know, I want the cards. I want mm-hmm. them in my hand. Here's the thing. As a fan, I like I like having a hard copy for my collection, right? Mm-hmm. I like it. I like to read it once and then put it away and let it build up its value. Yes, I'm that guy. But the digital is nice because you can go back and read it, but you can also like share it with your friends and stuff like that. So it's like there are benefits to the digital, but it's like if you're someone who likes to do a weekly pool or buy comics frequently, you want you you want the you want the physical copy. Right. Like the digital is just the it's the whipped cream on top of your shake. You know, it's like if it doesn't come with it, you're not gonna be like, oh, we're going with cream. So right. Unless you're a loser. Any real book, any books. Well, it's like the real thing is just better. Yeah. Well, it's it, it, it's almost more. I think it's almost more. It's kind of like video games, but like it's very similar. Like you can so if uh, I want to show my sister like, hey. This is game. You should check this out. This is awesome. Like I can go, hey, this book's awesome. You can check this out. But if I have a digital, I can be like, here's my phone. You can get it for five minutes. Right. That's it though, because I want it back. Like for an example, I guess I'll just ask Josh this. So it's like, Josh, I can give you the entire series of the Death of Wolverine digitally, or I can give you like issue number one, the full like foil cover. Which one would you rather have? Hard copy for sure. Yeah, because the, co- the foil cover was freaking sick. I won't. I won't. Like, to review books, we get early releases of books digitally, and, like, I struggle with that. Like, I can, I mean, I'm a fast reader. Like, I can sit and read, like, three or four books, but the time it takes me to read one, but I can, like, sit and just read it. But, like, careful with it. But, when it. but when I'm reading it digitally, I'm just, like, I struggle with it. If, like, you're scrolling, you're kind of, or even if it's on your computer, it still it bothers me. Like, I like to be able to touch it, like, flip back and forth, and just feel it, smell it, be a part of it, and it's, like, it's kind of music. Like, I mean, if there's something I'm not sure of and I, like, listen to it digitally, I'm like, oh, that's all right. But ultimately, like, I'll pay for it, a digital download of something, and then I'll buy the vinyl because I want both. Like, I want it immediately, with it, like, digitally, and if I have to order the vinyl, then I get it physically and I can touch it and feel it and put the record on. Like, right. I do both. That's just me. And that's, and that's a good point because the digital should be, like, the, the bonus. And, like, here's the thing. The only time I use digital is if I'm getting tattooed or like I'm on like a long car ride. That, or I have to, like that's, that's literally it. Like I have, I take books with me in my bag. You know, I have the mistress book that you just sold me, like on my desk right now. So it's, I can have my daily reading. Have you gone through it at all? I repeat that. I, it's, it's I want to wait to like calm down. With it. But dude, I'm so, like, I keep it. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I love it. I know this is a bad old, but he suggested it. I like it. reminds me of Del Toro's. Uh, Makeup style for like oh, Pan's yeah. Labyrinth and like Hellboy, and I'm like, dude, I'm so for this. The color palette's beautiful. I took a risk, and man, it was 
Oh, it's, it's going to be totally good. Yeah. It's going to be a good toilet reader, too. Oh, sure. You want something like that? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, no, just uh, talking about, you know, the difference between digital copies and, and hard copies. That's kind of where this could seem like a shameless plug, but that's kind of where our direction... Shameful plug. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I called it out, so it would be shameful, wouldn't it? Um, but that's, that's kind of what we're doing, is we're coming out with the hard copy comic that people can have in their hands and hold, and they can, you know, read and store and what they want to do with it, but we also have the digital copy that is basically the whole scripted, voice acted, sound effects, all that stuff with it. And we're trying to just reach every medium of people, you know, do you like comic books? You know, like me, I was never a big comic book person, but I'll listen to a podcast, like, yeah, I love little tiny radio shows and stuff like that. You know, but other people may not be that big into it. Like Matt, I know he's a comic book fanatic, you know, he loves comic books. Yeah, I do. And there's going to be people who want all of them, you know, and I think that's one thing that we're kind of seeing. Coming in this new digital age where people are going, okay, well, we can completely cut costs if we just go to digital, and people can just go that route whether they like it or not. They want to stick with the series, they'll do it, they'll do it anyways. Right, and we've talked about that before as far as the one replacing the other. Visual right now is that Marvel is trying to force the issue. Right. Because if you want to get the rest of it, well, your only option is to go buy a digital or wait for maybe a trade. Now, granted, in more recent years, everything has been collected. But lately, we've been seeing some stuff not get collected. And like, well, I kind of support that, simply because if you want the media to survive, you have to buy the books. And if you're going to wait for a trade, if that trade never happens, well, that might teach you a lesson. This we're going to come maybe to the question of, is, you know, our comics ever going to go the way of most books? You know, is everything going to become digital eventually? Honestly... If they become digital, I think it will kill the industry. I legitimate, 100% believe, the moment the comics decide to go digital, it will destroy the industry. And yeah. honestly, I, I feel like COVID has kind of set the pre- precedent for that. Sure. You know, it'll harm the industry for sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it'll kill it, because I know there are a lot of people who read digital books. Steve will go out of business. I promise you, we might as well have a funeral for him now, tonight, instead. <laughs> and we'll just... Hi, we'll put them yeah, on the right. stick and light them on fire. We'll do it but we, but we've seen the giant industries do this. You know, we being from the music industry, we've seen this happen. I mean, yeah. we, we went from the age of, we went to a multi-million dollar studio, paid thousands of dollars to get the record cut, and you sold your hard copies for shows, you worked your butt off, and people eventually got to know who you are. Now you just record something in your bedroom at home, you don't even have to a full band, and you throw it up on SoundCloud, or Facebook, whatever, paid you know, paid to get it out there, paid to play at shows. And we've seen the music industry go completely to there's not even really a point I read an article the other day, is there really a point to making albums anymore? Just release really songs that come out. You know, because no one's really buying albums anymore. No one's even buying songs. They're, 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 they they pay their Spotify premium and they artists get point two cents per month. I think it depends on the music business, I think. You know, I grew up in the hardcore punk industry, like, scene, so it's just like, to me, it's like, it's always about the album. I've always about the album, it's always the hardcover, like, all my friends, you know, like, I've, I've always done that, you know, like, Brian was just telling me that Star's gonna do something new, you know, and it's like, I'm already looking forward to, like, getting the final shot. It's just, I, I think it depends, like, if, if you're... Hard, you know, right, but so it's like, yes, I understand that part, but it, like... For, for rap and hip-hop, I understand release just songs, right? Like, if you want to be pop in general radio, we'll do that. But I think there are other types of music, and there are industries that require hard copies. 
comics are the hard copy industry. And I, I think, again, the media and... I don't think Marvel's... I don't think... I still think Marvel will be full of company. Well, I don't think. There's no way. I don't like DC either. DC is very foolish, by the way. But they're like trying to spread their shows on like three different platforms right now. Uh, but but I, I don't I, think they're that stupid. I do. I do see though, because of COVID, Marvel saying like, "Why are we paying a third party company to send our comics? Why don't we do it ourselves?" And then marking up those prices because hey, we were paying these guys. Now you're going to pay us, but because you're paying us directly, we're Marvel. You want you want our yeah, our hands? Then cool. Pay us protection money. Well, we're going to come and break your legs. That's, uh, and that's kind of what, what Diamond's gotten away with for a lot of years. And that's that was my side of the argument with Steve like, over the, the last few weeks. Is like, so Diamond Distribution, Marvel, DC, Image, everybody gives their books to Diamond, and then Diamond ships them to a comic book store. The comic book store pays the shipping. It's not like Amazon where you get it for free. Like, he pays the freight cost. That's true. So it's like... Basically, Diamond's getting the, the books, putting them in a box, and putting them on a truck, and they're getting paid from Marvel on one end, and they're also getting paid from the store on the other end. So they're basically just a middleman that's getting a ton of money to just put it on a truck. Well, listen, so literally what's happening here is you're an Italian restaurant owner, and you're paying Don Falcone to keep you safe from his own men. <laughs> that's exactly what's going on here. Like, this is a classic street-level crime Batman storyline. And they did it so well for so long that it wasn't good. But now, as time goes on, though, it's like, especially in the time like this when there's an actual pause in the industry, because everybody's like, let's, let's not print anymore for like two months because nobody can pay for these things. Let's stop. It's not shit books. Let's just wait. And then DC, I think, kind of is like, well, let's just do it ourselves. It'd be easier. And my argument is like, if this goes this way, Marvel sees that DC's being successful in the world, why not? They could lower prices for the shipping aspect of it. It could, like, it would cost DC and Marvel less money to That's ship the books, so then... Cost more money. Would it, though? What's the stuff from Amazon? I promise you. Yeah, but, but there's three or four though. different distribution companies, and they're, they're ju- you know, juggling with one another. Like, wouldn't that necessarily bring the cost down? Or yeah, because then Marvel's got to buy more. They, they have to hire more employees. They, they have to bring on more people to handle all this stuff, right? And so, like... The shipping may be less, but the cost per volume of book will go up more, right? So let, let's say let's say we do this for Empire, right? Uh, I buy a book from you typically like for what four dollars and fifty cents. Depends on the size of the book. Three ninety nine or four ninety nine is the base cover and then tax. So we'll say we'll say five. It's about five bucks, sure. Right, so we'll say five dollars. But right? the printing company is already sending it to Diamond, though. so why wouldn't the printing company just send it straight to Amazon? It, it's all about it's all about employees at the end of the day, right? So. So you hire a few more employees to put it in a box and ship, ship it straight to the comic book store instead of sending it to Diamond and then Diamond ships it. It's just like, it's like this massive funnel and then back out. It's like, that's what made it ship it straight. They don't have to compensate them. They're like, oh, well, we have to handle insurance and handling fees. So, like, ins- I, I agree shipping would be less, but in order to, like, take advantage, right, Disney's own, Marvel's owned by Disney. Right. I like Disney, right? Data business practices aren't always the best. But I could see them saying, like, okay, now the books we normally send you are $5. Well, now they've got to be $6 because we're handling the stuff ourselves and we're making it more convenient for you. A convenience fee, right? We did the same thing in, like, when I was, you know, working higher up in T-Mobile. We did the same thing all the time, right? Like, we would buy a couple iPhones for 
Right? And then we, after, like, you know, iPhone and all that, decided, like, we want to make money on phones. What did we do? We increased the prices of our plan, even though it cost us nothing to do that. And the only reason why I'm making this argument is because, like, I've seen it in the cellular industry, and I can see it easily becoming transparent or transferable, that method, to the positive industry. In the food industry, though, it's just like, if there's five companies that are selling chicken, and this company charges you to ship it to you, and this company doesn't, you're going to go to one that doesn't cost, like, charge you to ship it to you. So it's just like, eventually, like, if a m- multiple people are like, well, they're going to order more books from me if I charge less shipping, I see that that could possibly be a benefit overall. That's the way I would I, I agree for Christine, it would be, but as a consumer, not to pay about $6 for a I don't think I'll buy as many books from Steve. You know, it's like where I could maybe buy like five or six, you know, for a whole month. Not necessarily. It's just like, I see what you're saying, but like, let's say DC Comics is like, it's a $4 book, and of that, like, he pays whatever percentage he pays, and the rest of it goes to the artist and this, and this, and this. Diamonds take a cut. So why wouldn't, you pay, why wouldn't you pay your own people over paying a whole separate company to do that? Well, and what we're talking about, that's, I think there is, okay, the moral agreement, I think. As a fan, if I knew my artist, Mark Brooks was getting more. You keep talking over my. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, and it goes back to what we're talking about, you know, with giant corporations. Do they care at a certain point how much he has to pay for a comic or how much you pay to go into his comic book store? They don't care. You know, if, if, if these giant corporations care, you know, Mass Effect would still be a genre that's still doing amazing and it's going to be pumping out games but everyone's basically abandoned them and the company it, the fans are screaming at the top of their lungs here's how to fix this you do this and we'll buy 10 trillion copies tomorrow and the company's gone nah I don't care it's just, it's just like hardcore bands okay like if they put out the record on iTunes it's just digital all that all somebody has to upload and it's there and you're paying $15 or $12 for it or they're selling the vinyl for the exact same price and you're getting a physical copy and they put a digital download in the record itself so why wouldn't you just get the physical copy like I don't it, you know it ultimately it's like you're it's the having it's owning something it's like it's like the action figure situation it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna charge you $5 to have this picture of an action figure that's the way I look at it but I don't I don't want just a picture of a comic book I want to hold a comic book in my hands yeah I just and there's something magical about it, because, again, coming from a guy who's never been a comic book fan, I was more psyched than I could imagine when we first got that comic book printed out, and I held it in my hands, and I saw it was, you know, our story, and Alexis' artwork, and I was like, this is, this is so much cooler than the podcast we put together, this is so much cooler than the songs that we're writing that go with this kind of, it was, there's, there is something magical about that. Another thing to, to add on to that, that what I don't think like bigger corporations, Diamond, DC, Marvel aren't thinking about is like it goes beyond from just like the readers having it in the collection. It goes on to the convention, right? So like without physical copies of books, it destroys the convention, which let's be honest, makes them a ton of money. So like let's, let's Steve and I, right? Our podcast, we've got connections with our books and stuff like that. So there, he's a pretty good guy, and it's like we, we made a point to like. Having some summer books from Secret Empire. If we didn't have that still copy, I don't know if we would have made. We might have, but if like uh, Caputo, he's a better example. I don't. If I didn't have a physical copy of Batman Dan, I don't think I would have gone out of my way to go talk to Caputo, right? Because it's like 
how happy you feel because like one of my ideas was like, hi, how was lunch? Right. Lunch was great. Awesome. <laughs> I'm so glad I got to meet you. Um, Here's a t-shirt. Do you, want, do you want to digitally sign my iPads? Right. Um, I would hope, I would really hope, and I, I really do believe this, and I think that Marvel and DC and most of the bigger comic book companies aren't stupid. Like, they know that even though they may make a little bit more money in the fur run, they're not going to keep business if they, if they shut down. No, the vast majority of people, the customers want the hard copies. I mean, they got to know that. Like, they can't not. You think so, but I think this is a test, and it's a test caused because of the panic of COVID. There is a lot of tests going on right now. With so, I, I guess yeah, the next really. question would be, like, what are the effects? <clears throat> I guess we've talked about what, what's happening, like, the theoretical of sure. what could happen because of COVID. So, I guess what you need to do is talk about what's happening now in the comic book industry of COVID, and what's kind of been, like, the immediate effects of it, of what okay. we've seen in the industry. Like, how's it affecting artists? Not just like, the fans matter, but like, what's happening to artists sure. and storylines. We can talk about distribution. Right. Different, different kinds of them, yeah. Distribution issues. All day. Mm-hmm. Right. But, like, let's, let's yeah. talk about, like, the actual industry. Like, the people that are involved in it. I think they matter. Oh, they're a pretty big part of it. I mean, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as far as, like, artists, the way we understand it, people from both DC and Marvel, as far as employees and artists, have been told to stop working, and Batson were furloughed from Marvel. As far as who, don't know. As far as whether it was just in-house people, also don't know. But what I can tell you about that part of things is there's a whole lot of artists, friends I have, I see them once or twice a year, depending on what kind of book show I go to, and a lot of them make their money at those shows. And a lot of them at this point are really pushing their commission work pretty hard, but it's because everything else has stopped. You know, Buddy Sanford Green, amazing artist, Fantastic guy. His commission work at this point, he's been trying to keep that as busy as possible because of everything else stopping. And another Skylar Petridge, fantastic artist also. She's got the same problem. Way into Mexico, she's great, but she's taking doing trying to do commission work online simply because she's a higher, she's a way too higher artist. Meaning she doesn't work for Marvel, she's over DC. For her gun. Yeah. So I mean, she's done work for. Uh, Black Mass Studios covers, and she did a book recently called Relics of Youth for, oh gosh, I don't remember the name of the company. It doesn't matter. Look up Relics of Youth if you care. Which you should, because she's awesome. Anyway, so for them, like, it's just like everyone else got laid off, except the difference being that if you're from a corporation, you got laid off, you collect unemployment. If you're hired done, well, they did do some stuff for gig workers, if you get into the program for it, but it's not this, quite the same as the unemployment line. And since your employment is based on yourself, well, it's, it's a harder thing to land on, too. So, while well, there is a bridge there from the government a little bit, it's not quite as easy to get to, and unemployment, if you had to file for it, it's not really that easy either. So, like, stack-wise, that part's rough for both for all of them. As far as, like, books are concerned, I mean, Hawkeye and Hulk's books are not going to get finished. They're going to get digital. Um, we had a whole bunch of books pushed back. As far as release is concerned, like Marvel, and I didn't like the way Marvel did it. They're doing staged releases. So next next week, nothing comes out for Marvel because they're not back to releasing it. Um, Saving the digital, which you know we talked about that. On the 27th, we have six books coming out, regular books: um, Spider-Man, Avengers, 
Oh, I had this memorized three or four days ago, and now I don't remember what the other four were. Anyway, it doesn't, oh, no, it doesn't matter. Anyway, Susan Apple gets coming out that week. The following week in June, a batch of trades are coming out. So depending on where you are, whether you heard the trades or not, in terms of the value thing. The third week, we have another batch of six books coming out, normal books. So through June, it's going to be like one week on, one week off, one week on, one week off, depending on how many trades you carry as a store. Which I think that makes it a little easier for people to try to get back in, as far as if you have been in a situation where you're currently laid off or trying to live through the whole unemployment thing, you don't have a 30 books to come out the same week because April had nothing come out. Um, DC is pushing a little different. I mean, with the two new distributors, we had five books come out two weeks ago. Last week, I want to say seven, I think. Very prevalent, I don't remember. Whereas this week, books are coming out from DC, uh, Mook Diamond, and the other two distributors. So, they should be back on regular par probably the end of June. Marvel's saying they should be back to normal end of July, supposedly. But there's a whole slew of books in the middle that canceled, and ultimately the people that work on the books still got paid for them. But, like you said, the residuals, the ones that did get canceled, they're going to get printed, and we don't have conventions for them to try and make money on the backside app. A lot of that, it's just like being a server in the, in the restaurant industry. A lot of your money is tips. Same thing for the comic industry. I mean, you go to a convention as an artist, you're there to sell whatever book you worked on. If you're there because the company brings you, you're there to promote the book that you've worked on. But at the end of the day, you're still there to sell art prints, comics, and signatures. If they're not happening, well, that's a big part of your paycheck that just doesn't exist. Right. And I want to add on to that. So it's like you have this huge massive amount of unemployment, right? So people aren't buying comics. Yeah. And people are behind on things. So, like, you said, like, July might be rough, and this is what scares me. Because of COVID, right. you have these people who don't have money, right? Because they don't have extra income, they don't buy comics. Because they don't buy, because they don't buy comics, books get canceled. Because books get canceled, artists lose their jobs. Because right. artists lose their jobs, they're not showing up to conventions. And conventions can't have people to book, so they can't have conventions. And this is, like, outside of, like, health aspect of, like, conventions closing. Right. Like, I, it, it seems like a slippery slope and, like, an exaggerated one, but it's definitely, like, it's easily, like, it can happen. Like, that's how crazy this is. It's gotten. So it's just, like, I, I feel because if people aren't buying comics, because they don't have money to buy comics, because we're not opening up our economy, I think it can cause smaller shops. Like, here's the thing. Mile High is great, Midtown is great, you know, James Town Bond Secret Staff are great. They'll always survive because they have other avenues that are making them a ton of money than if they release it. The small guy, which should matter, your favorite hometown comic book shop, which comic book the industry's always been saying, support your local comic book shop, which is the small guys, right. has like kind of set this thing up inadvertently that it has set it up for that for you guys to fail. Right. Really, because it's just like, luckily our town, I think you'll be fine. It'll be tight, right. but I think our town will be fine. But what's the thing else is Right. Well, the thing about that, though, when you think about comic books, as far as like the industry is concerned, you can say, well, we're going to one store for the next two hours or four hour drive, but all the competition is online yeah. because you can pull out your phone and buy anything in my store. It's more a matter of the kind of shopper you are, if you want the feeling 
you want the experience, you want to be around the books, you want to smell the books, you want yeah, to right. get that feel, that's the only thing we give them. I meant that only referring to the people yeah. who want to go into the store. Sure. Right. But, so, look, yeah. my, again, my point is, like, because of the, this is, like, the most dangerous part, I feel like, COVID is, you know, it's affecting the comic book industry, because it's just, like, it broke one hand and cut off another. So, it's just, like, your broken hand could still function, but it's sure. so much harder to feed yourself now because of <laughs> Right, yeah. So, people don't have money, right? <laughs> we can talk about stimulus all we want, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about people don't have money because they're panic buying to stay alive. Right. And now they're not buying comics. And because they're not buying comics, they're putting people out of jobs, they're stopping artists, they're canceling books, they're stopping projects. You know, let's say, like, Empire... Let's let's say Empire only has the first three issues done. How do we know that Empire just doesn't get canceled for three issues? We don't even get the rest of that story, and all the people that were worked on this project for months lose their jobs, and we don't get Empire again. That could easily have been a good like staple for all the guests, like the cover artists and stuff like that, to make money at conventions. But because conventions are like, well, you can't hire you as an artist because it's like your books were cancelled right. or Marvel's like well, we can't we didn't make that much money on comics so we can't go to conventions it's just not worth our time right. in, in a drastic thing unfortunately these events COVID kills the comic book industry because they weren't comic stores weren't you the, the small guy you weren't allowed to be open and cater to the fans like I am I'm gonna flat out say this, and it might be a brief explain, but I think the smaller shops that could be just realized flat out. What even first like Midtown used to be a small shop, so like, Midtown just Midtown did something before anybody else did it. They figured out the online set sales quicker and better and more efficient than anybody else, and that's why they've grown so much. And it's like, so I mean, good on them. And that's why I think DC approached them. They're like, hey, you guys are doing something right. So how are you doing this so efficiently? You guys want to work together? And I think the time was like, sure. Which I mean, they had to do it. So they started this new entity called Luna. I mean, it's it's still still in its early phases. Like, I mean, I think it could be good if they do it right, but it could also be really horrible and like a waste of time as well. Who knows? But I mean, you know, there's not really corporate comic stores. So I mean, and ordering online for something, it's just like going down to like a local record store, like. Sometimes I know exactly what I want, and they don't have it, and that's that's understandable. And like, but I'll order it directly from the band. Like, you can't do that with comic books. You can't order it directly from the artist. But sometimes I just want to go and browse. I just want to go and be like, oh, what's there? You know, like what what's new? What's this? What is this? What is that? And I'm like, and I think that that's you can't do. I can't just browse online. You know, like, oh, that's a neat picture. Like, so hopefully, I mean, if they can get like the books start. To come out again, and people can like get go back to work and have money again. But ultimately, it's just like, oh, I'm not working, and my job that I'm doing is farming, so that a restaurant can't get food, and I don't have any money, so I can't go buy anything. So it's just like a whole super horrible, endless like circle. It's just a horrible. Yeah. I, think, I don't know. I think there's also a lot of people as well that have the opposite. The opposite happens. So I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna the opposite. Happen. Um, I've been working every day, but they still gave me money. So I'm like, all right, cool. Who goes spend money? And I can see a lot of people. Right, but like, so like because you thought Steve was closed, that money that you had, did you spend that Steve or did you buy? I uh, just uh, well, I, didn't, I haven't spent the money. <laughs> That's a true question. <laughs> and I, I loaded it. Look Steve in the eye and tell him. 
Who's the Bendigo? He's fine. Hey, 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 let us make him feel bad. I have a consistent stack, sir. He popped out. It's true. It's true. That's a good question. I can speak from the other end, but the comic, I mean, our big thing is we're open those Comic Cons to open back up and ask people and stuff because we had just, as a, you know, publisher, or not publisher, but a, Group, group, you know, writing this comic and coming out with uh, the music into it. We kind of planned it like a wall of death. You know, we were coming at you hard, and you're going to be hitting show after show after show. Comic books coming in the next week, and we're going to mass print them. Well, then this thing happened and took all of that and literally just threw it in the trash can. We literally had a show with Power Man 5000 that got canceled, you know, a week before, three days before it happened. And, uh, you know, I know that. We are doing okay because we have a lot of benefits, like we own our own recording studio, we own our own printing press, we own you know, all these things that, but I mean, I couldn't imagine if we were paying for all this, you know, imagine if we had paid for 300 comic books in the hopes of going to the uh, Salt Lake City Comic Con and selling a bunch of them and selling t-shirts and this and that, and now that's not happening. You know, right now we're just kicking rocks and kind of bummed out, we can't make it to a Comic Con this year to go get our name out there, but that's how really... That's what's really hit this hard is that we're not going to get our name out there as quickly as possible. But if it had been money, we'd be hurting. This whole thing may be quashed. And, you know, God is the company, God is the comic, God is the whole thing. Right, and that's, that's kind of like what I wish would have happened is maybe making it back out. Mm-hmm. But I kind of wish that maybe the distributing companies and the fans and the source kind of said, like, you know what, we're going to focus this whole thing. We're going to stay open and kind of just like, Keep the fandom going, even if under the like, uh, speakeasy version, to say to keep the, the, the fandom alive. Because it's like it's scary because it's like it is very, very real possibility we could lose the fandom. Right. I mean, it's 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 a gross like exaggeration, but right. like, here's the thing: I don't think I would have ever bought that book if it wasn't for the fact I can go inside a comic book store, browse around, be like, I think I want to try something different today, pick something up, and see. It's like because here's the thing: if I'm gonna shop online. I'm gonna go with something I'm familiar with. I'm gonna go with something that's safe. Sure, something you know. You know, something I know. And a lot of indie books in these like smaller companies never notice. Yeah. Right. So I think it's like I really wish that I'm more of the stuff would have been like, you know what, we're still gonna keep publishing, we're gonna try to do the most responsible way appropriate for this, and we're gonna work with or the government or whatever it is, in order to stay open, because we may not say comic books are a necessity, but I think as a mental health or educational necessity, I can make that argument. There sure. have been help, like even schools, right? Public school agree that comic books can help get kids who have reading problems to read and have a higher reading level than reading traditional books. Those desire to want to read, yeah. Exactly. So, like, it, you know, it's. There are people and kids who couldn't read. They pick up a comic book and then they have a higher reading level than everyone else in the class because of the comic book. So it's just like, why didn't we choose the part of the industry that has all these benefits to remain an essential service for moral, you know, emotional, mental, and educational The dinosaurs running this country don't see the right. profit. But it's okay, books. you know, you need your crap royal and your Jim Bean because that's a necessity because we don't want alcoholics to have withdrawal. Like, they, they sound like a, a little bit of a, a douche to me, but like, let's just be honest. 
Well, that's exactly how that works. Maybe if you have that kind of addiction, <laughs> this not having access to it might be a little bit. Sweat it out, pal. Spend your money on comics and get a healthy addiction. Are you Do saying it's healthier to, to do building because you didn't read your story this week? <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Exactly. I don't, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think anyone's ever read a comic book jumped in the car. So. Steve Rogers never heard of anybody except for the entire city of Las Vegas. I have. Well, I mean, right. probably they were. That was one <laughs> So exciting for reading my Marvel comics that I got a car wreck. I have been so excited, but I had to take a walk with that. <laughs> <laughs> I won't lie, though. So the, the worst part oh. I get is like when I have a big stack and like I have to upload them digitally, I'm just like. This is set like it's like doing the dishes after they piled up, but more because Marvel doesn't know how to make it easier to enter more than well, one. No, but still, the problem with the Marvel app is after a while, and it's in a random interval, it'll reset. So you don't if you haven't counted how many books since you uploaded, right? You don't know how many you have to go back and redo. And sometimes those codes don't come off super good, so you're like trying to decipher it. And you're like maybe that's a J. Uh, Maybe it's not. It's an L. Yeah, the peel off inside of a lot of them are pretty rough. So, but, yeah. Yeah. But then, like, you can, so, like, really what you have to do is kind of do, like, however many you're comfortable with redoing. <laughs> like, so if it's a bad one, I'll upload it instantly. I'm like, I'm not reading that again. I'm not trying to read that again. So, I guess the kind of segue to the end is what do you think? Because we, we see the gloom potential future. Sure. Of what COVID has done. Yeah. Right? I beat that death, that worse. So bad, his head and his eyeball are popping out. It looks like Len after meeting Lucy. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> goodness! But so, sort of like, what can yeah. the comic book industry do now to avert yes, the snap? Like, what is what is our time heist? You guys see what it is? <laughs> <laughs> Better, the Better than Ant Man crawling off his butt and blowing up. You know, it's not better if you do, just do it anyway. I, okay, I have to say this. Have you guys <laughs> seen that video, the animated... Ant-Man, oh! I can say yes. From the inside. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to do it. Hey, it's great. But you think you'd be stronger to just crush him inside? No? Maybe. I'm assuming how <laughs> in Kava's how the Pimparkle works. Right. The centrifugal force of him yeah. doing that, I think... Giant explosion inside your insides. I think the cartoon got it wrong because I don't think there would be anything left. There would just be like... <laughs> Right, they look like cool pork. Anyways, <laughs> what is this? Gross! What is going on here? Yeah, uh, <gasps> you're trying back out of the tracks. No, you, you blew up the tray. You dynamited the tray and then you're like, oh, let's get back on the tracks. <laughs> hey, bro. Maybe I want to walk. Tried himself back on the tracks. I mean, some of that too, right? You blew up the tray. Yes. You blew up the tray. It's gone. We understand. Let's wait for another tray. Listen, you can't have a good story without a good book. It's true. I'm just willing to do that. Not this episode. As far as like uh, the industry's concerned, yeah. What can we? I mean, recover. Keep this thing to do for that. Well, then, 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 like I said, there's some stuff Diamond's done, and both Marvel and DC have done a few things too. And Marvel has issued a statement that X number of books between the end of March and the middle of April they're going to offer returnability on, which is unheard of in Marvel cell comics to few stores like us. Now back when it was like supermarkets that had comic books, 
So we're kind of everywhere. There are gas stations, supermarkets, uh, as far as any type of bookstore. Yeah, I remember. Right. So back then, the way they worked was the same way magazines work. The way magazines work in your local, if you don't know this, if you do, I'm sorry, in your local supermarket, they get X numbers of USA Todays, and what they don't sell for a certain period of time, they're allowed to strip the cover off, send the cover back, they get a credit towards their next buy. So of course it's a giant circle. If they sell them out, then of course they just get billed the next one for the next batch of copies. Well, comic books do the same thing, which is why we have newsstand edition, and we have direct sales edition for older books. Now, whenever all that stopped, and the gas stations quit carrying anything that was new, and the supermarkets quit having them too, and everything became direct sales only, that stopped entirely. So direct sales like we are, as a brick and mortar store, never had that option. So if I buy 10 copies of Captain America and I sell one, I got 9 copies till in the, in the time. Or till the fire. Or, you know, whatever. So you just kept, you wait so long, you just figure something because... Or some like an engine, whatever. I mean, as a thing, large large, whatever you do with stuff, you can say, usually you say it does worth more money. That's the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> I like his greatness, though. He's just like, he's like, eventually I'll be richer than everyone. <laughs> Well, we'll see. What are these? Don't work out. Well, I mean, maybe. Wait, wait. You got the numbers, though. He's using the wrong line. Trying, trying. But it's a thing that's not a normal thing anymore at all. So the fact that both DC and Marvel issued that on a batch of books that would have been sold during COVID is really kind of unheard of. And like Diamond's allowing it too. So at the end of the day, both Diamond, Marvel, and DC are allowing this batch of books to be returned if you don't sell them. The only problem with that is that, let's say you're a person reading Captain America, and issue 22 and 23 become returnable, are you willing to buy issue 24 and 25? Why would you if you missed the ones in the middle? So say during COVID you're not able to buy them. Not because they weren't printed on my Hawkeye, but because you didn't have the money to buy them. And my store says, well, we didn't make any money on those books, we gotta get them back because I can't keep them. Well, when number 24 and 25 come out, I was like, yeah, I'm not very 24, 25, but I read 20. That's what they're going to do. I have to have all the issues. It drives me nuts. Right. But at the end of the day, I'm still stuck with whatever we ordered for 24 and 25. So it doesn't matter if we put a band-aid on it, because at the end of the day, if I was ordering 10 copies, and the same thing happens, I only sell the one, because only one person is able to keep getting it, and I return the other nine, when we get to 24 and 25, I still have nine copies sitting there during the time. So, it's kind of a band-aid, and a lot of stories that we've seen, at least from what some of the forums say, they've cut their orders extremely. And that makes sense, it does. But in, in an industry like this, like especially for us, I mean, a lot of my people are returning people. I mean, they're people I put books for, that I don't want you to miss your stories. So I ordered the books blindly in faith that hopefully if you've had a problem, that you get a hold of me and let me know. You lost your job, you had to move to Texas, whatever. Or come back and just get them again. Right. Or I would expect you to, simply because that's the way the system works. Right. So, I mean, there's stuff that's had to try to make certain things better, but at the end of the day, it's just a big band-aid. And unless the economy returns, we're having the same problem with comic books. And yeah, stores to stay alive are cutting closer to order. And that does make the chase industry, so if you're a speculator for comics, it does make certain books more chasey. You will drive value on books from this time frame that needs to survive. Joker, like the 80th anniversary, punchline number one, right? I think that's punchline, yeah. The first appearance of punchline was in that, uh, 
Having a different time frame, the same idea, yeah. Analytically, that should be a change. Yeah. It, as long as, even if she doesn't stay, even if she wasn't being like, say, so your kid you hate broccoli, and I like broccoli, so there are a few things I like that are green. And Mountain Dew, Diet Mountain Dew. Diet Mountain Dew? Pick sugars and other, man. So, so is cancer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> different kind of devil. Oh, but people don't invest really as you hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want, you want broccoli or whatever. I would totally probably taste delicious. Makes me stronger inside. Your own vegetable is you, you hate as a kid, and your parents are always like, oh, eat it, and it's going to make you love it, it's going to be fine, it's the best thing for you. And you still hate it today? So if someone does that, and we're all being told we're going to love her, and we hate her, it doesn't change the fact that first appearance is still going to be a key. Now, will that key matter to people? Will it be like Wolverine's appearance in 180 or 181? No. But Wolverine's also a different juggernaut at this point, and even if tomorrow is really... Right, wow. <laughs> no, people, I mean, people are going to want it. It's right. a thing. Yes. And it's an anniversary issue. And it... Well, her showing up in the 8th anniversary is different. The 8th anniversary book, it, it's supposed to have some stuff inside it that should be crazy. But like her first appearance happened in a book called Hell Arisen Number 3. The Hell Arisen Number 3 was a miniseries. It's a four-part miniseries about a story of Lex Luthor. Having turned an alien and then decided to bell against the alien. Which was cut drastically by people ordering stores because if you wanted to, so the very poorly. I wonder why. And then if you poorly put the first parents of Punchline in, and all of a sudden everybody wants it, but because the orders were already so far under, the amount of the book is limited. It's already done on the third print because people still want copies of that book. Nothing will be as bad as Wonder Woman breastfeeding the package. I don't know. Name one thing. It's just the tenth. Test of the name. Still having the worst. I'm sorry. No worst. This is a mess. I mean, I, I, I want to go on the same side with Matt and believe that the, the industry won't shut down all the way. But I mean, there's still going to be about the roads for a bunch of different stores. So I'm, like, I'm sure it is very rough. I mean, right. I, I don't know if I could entirely fault Diamond or any of the other larger companies for being like, honestly, um, okay, so either we make, or either we make money or don't lose money, right. or these guys make money. Well, so, yes. honestly, I don't, I don't blame Time. Time is doing what they need to do to survive. Right? Sure. Who I blame is here while we're from the media and ed educational posers from the government. Period. At the end of the day, they are 100% to blame, and if the industry sale, fails, they will be to blame. And honestly, maybe we should sue them. If the gas station can stay open, <laughs> why can't it come up with someone? Yeah. Perfect example. I mean, here's another thing that could fix it is I think we could come up with a mad agreement, right? Anyway, Lynn Matthews in your local state or area has to agree to pick up the books that don't sell. We're calling the mad agreement. I'm going to have to buy another house to put them in. Wait, you said Matt? Anyone named Matt, Matt Matthew. <laughs> no, 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 you said Matt. You can't well, it's called the Matt Agreement. But anyone named Matthew, Matt or Matthew, so you will be the only one in town. Sorry. Right. Right. My name's Stout Waterboss. Is it really? My middle name. This is getting very. You're kind of pissed. <laughs> <laughs> and the only way around it kind of is just like the books that didn't sell during this time. If you want that Chase book right in the middle, they're like, 
The only way I'm selling this is in a set of five. You got to buy the two that are before it and the two that are after it. That's the only way I'm selling it. It's a pack. Like it's a five-part series. So I'm selling it. Right. It's a good idea. Other than that, yeah. because like other than people like, I want this book. And they're like, eh, yeah, well, you got to buy all five. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I mean, ultimately, that's just the only way to get around that. Or I mean, you always, you always get to have title chasers. You always have those people who want that. But it's like people who like read the book on a regular basis, like. It's going to go to the full box first. And it's like, true. If there's some left over, then there's some left over. Yeah. I think I think another thing to say about mystery in the I think it is going to be up to the fans um, to kind of muster up some strength and take the hit and buy books. Because if you want to anyway, right. you might as well do it. Yeah, with and, the, with the support, like, right, you right. don't support, yeah, this is where you're going. If you don't support, then the story, they're going to go away. And the same thing with the book titles. If you don't buy that title, then they're going to quit printing it. I, I, think, I think the challenge that I would like to issue those in this more podcasts and stuff like that. Go to your local comic book store. In addition to buying what you're going for, is ask them about a title that their local owner of shop would recommend to them. It can branch out a little bit. Explore, you know? Pick up something different, you know, that they might enjoy that they don't normally pull. And help them out just a little bit more. Even if it's a back issue or something, you know? Maybe it's something new. Maybe it's a trade. But I, I think just buying out of your regular pool and exploring a little bit, it only benefits you because, like, one, you either find out they don't care about you and they're not paying attention and they suck, or two, you find the books that you really, really enjoy and you just picked up another series that you never thought you would pick up. Like, it's true. Pick it up with per- the silencer. Right. Perfect example of that book right there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, read, like, sci-fi, like, fantasy horror. That's basically what it is, yeah. Fantasy you know, but it's just like, I like the artwork and, like, I'm already, like, I'm... I haven't read it yet, I'm already captivated. And it's just like, unless you take those kind of risks, kind of stay in your bubble. And I think fans should break out of their fandom bubble, work comic books, buy your pool, plus a little bit more. Because here's the thing, you go to a restaurant now, I don't know if you've been eating out, I mean, maybe you've noticed it. People, are people tipping a little bit more? Yeah, no? Right, so it's just like, do that for the comic book store. Tip bigger, buy an extra couple of books. Explore a little bit, you know, get freaky in the sheets. Let's support local. Like, instead of, like, ordering online, just go down to the, the store, like, just anywhere, though, not just, not just comic books, not just restaurants, just support as local as much as you can. Exactly. Yeah. It's going to benefit your community regardless. So. Yeah, instead of buying Starbucks, go out, grab a buy best slip coffee, the best slip coffee on the Western Slope. We are no way <laughs> sponsored by them at all, but we should buy them and Wait. maybe order Wait. the Pan Galactic. Wait, best slip? This goes through it. Don't they actually support it? That was being sarcastic. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yes, they sponsor it. Right. No, you should go buy Best Love Poppy. They are legit. Whether they were or not, you should because they're delicious. Local so I mean, we are big on that with our own business. Uh, everything with uh, Kill Zero Studios is local. Local artists. We do not go outside of town for anything. As a matter of fact, in the back of the page of the comic, we chose, you know, the Tattoo Shop, Top 5 Comics, Born Fox Games, this uh, podcast to put on there. By no means have any of those companies given us any money, but we support them because it's this niche, it's this group that is solid here in Grand Junction that kind of supports the whole nerd community, and I think it's really important. I think it's really awesome. What? <laughs> Did you just throw money at him like he was like a pole dancer? Do I have to take off clothes? No, I'm not stepping it in. I think they pay you to keep your clothes on. I mean, it can be first, I'm going to keep it. No, but see, but, but really, like, 
go out of your way, buy your gold plus some. That one will save the industry. It'll save your local comic book shop. Right. Not drastically, but it will help, right? No, I mean, it helps. Like, always. Right. Like, maybe instead of buying your mountain, you need to buy your candy bar too with it. I don't know. Sure. Sure. You know, it saves the artist. I could have stopped with, uh, with whatever, and whatever, like, I don't have anything to hide here. Anyways, what was I saying? Uh, Support your local business. It was beautiful. I was still saying it was beautiful. Anyways, <laughs> well, yeah, so it goes back into the economy and it stimulates, and like we were talking about, it's right. this unfortunate cycle where it's just like the snake eating its own tail, but in a positive way. Really, it's just like, if we want this opinion to survive, and we don't want, like, Mike Loom and do madness, like, no comic post-apocalyptic world, but we've got to buy comics, you know? True. It's like the war. You know, what did Steve Rogers say when he punched Hitler a thousand times? Buy bonds. Comics are the bonds of fandom. It's true. You want to save the fandom from COVID, buy comics. That was a lot of jokes. I mean, yeah, we're talking comics, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can always buy stuff online. I mean, you, but you don't, you don't get the same thing. You can't go down and, and shoot the crap and talk about what's coming up and what's new. You can't, you know, you can't learn plethoras of information. Every time I go into the top five comments, I learn like 75 new things. I should be taking notes. Yeah, you know, I'm sick of sitting at my desk. I go next door and I'm like, I need a break. These people are annoying. You can't have myself to stand. Yeah. I mean, you can. You can, but most Just for the FBI agent, agents behind it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and to be honest, you know, as a new company starting out and, and kind of filling our white pages, we would be lost without talking to probably each and every one of you guys at least, you know, five times and figuring out what direction we should go. And So, I mean, it's important. This local community is important. Go out and support it. Buy, like, like Jake said, I think it's a perfect idea. Buy it. An extra comic you wouldn't you normally buy. Maybe you'll get into a new genre. Buy for a friend. Yeah. Sure. Get somebody else into it. Take your kids with you if they're old enough. I mean, I think now's the time to tell you. You all got together and we thought we'd scare you off. So it's actually been a giant prank the whole time. You're going to fail. <laughs> <It'd be> awesome. <laughs> uh, turns out people hate fantasy. Yeah. Sci-fi <laughs> and Sci-fi fantasy. Especially because it's real. Especially anything multidimensional. People hate that. Right no. Now. <laughs> Pretty good. No, no. Well, see, people... So, you know, Star Wars just soured it for everybody. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we don't want your kind around. <laughs> anyway, any other closing statements? Huh? Any, that anyone else want to get OJ Opera murder? <laughs> oh, that's, that's what I watched. I watched that. Goodness. What is What? You remember the part at the beginning where like, hey, what happened this week? That, that's where this part goes. I know. I just realized it. I was like, you know what? And the, and we're talking like we're trying to get someone off for murder with these closing statements. Does anyone else want to point out that the glove doesn't fit? <laughs> or, you know, the sleeve in this case? I would say there's a lot of memes for that, so I think we're good. I think. I mean, but at the same time, yeah. I mean, yeah, see? <laughs> he gets it. Yeah. I don't know. It's probably like... What would you say as an owner to the people, what they should do if they yeah. want to keep the man in the At least I'm not sucking. Okay, so a few weeks ago, a girl from KJ came down and talked a little bit. Did a, did a, did a small interview thing. While I was talking to her, I realized that, like, me, me and my brother and me and Phil and the guys that work at the store and girls that work at the store and anybody that's been part of it, like, at least for us, Top 5 is really a comic community and not just, like, a regular store. 
Because you can come there and talk to me about things, ask questions, or shoot whatever. And as far as like a thing, if you don't support that, then you don't have that. And I don't know if you don't if you that person's never had the enjoyment of that or never gotten to I don't know, do that at all. They're probably well, not. I'm gonna say that you get a different flavor, probably. So I don't know. If you want, if you want your, your community to be a thing, you have to go support it. Then yeah, everything's tough for everyone right now. That's true. But if you don't, then it's just gonna be gone. And that's you know. I always thought Grand Junction was a place that if we didn't have a comic shop, I don't know how I would have grown up. And I'd probably be a lot of different person. Better person? Don't know. Probably not. Just saying. Probably be a murderer and a cannibal. It's very possible. I'd eat a lot of meat. But, but as a thing, like... It's a long pig. You know, right? <laughs> I'd for sure be a murderer. I'd for sure be a murderer. Oh, man. You, you guys oh, see what I'm talking about now. the worst. You just oh. saw it. <laughs> I don't know. That, that, I mean, that's all I got, man. Like, it, it, depending where you're at, if you if you have a comic community, you got to go support it. I mean, if you don't, then it won't be there. So, I guess that's it. I don't know. Okay. Fire books. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. I'm bad at it too. I'll, I'll be like, how many books? And here's the thing: you have all this stress, right? You don't want to deal with it. Buy a comic book and don't deal with it. <laughs> Check out and read a comic book. Well, the reality of it is that's kind of almost. And normally, I'm against escapism. I'm when you go, are you kidding me? I am I am totally against obsessive escapism, but yeah, you can't be obsessive. Right? Yes, you can. But but in in this in this case, the virus is not our problem. I mean, it is, but it isn't. I mean, it's not like it's not like I'm making it worse by avoiding talking about it or avoiding thinking about it while I sit at home for five freaking weeks. I mean. So yeah, right now I'd say it's a perfect time to escape into comic books and you know. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Hopefully, like you got to feed yourself and have a place to sleep that's warm. But uh, after that, like it's just one book. I just made a connection. The answer to all the universe is forty-two. Bob the Mandrels forty-two. Enjoy the small things. I think what we call tables that enjoying small things. Jackie Robinson's number was forty-two. <laughs> so at the end of the day, it's just like be the number forty-two and buy something. That's the episode rule forty-two. No. 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 Yeah, but I think that. How do we close? It's like the awkward. Yeah. No, you just you just end normally, Jake. What are you doing? Oh, I wasn't sure. Steve was going to end it. Maybe we should have Steve that. Why? Because he didn't know. Because he's our. Yeah, I know. Do you? We generally don't do that. Cause so thanks for listening to Comic Talk. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, listen, Steve. And the Top Five Podcast. And Top Five Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Of course. Sorry, Steve. That's right. It was Steve. This is, this is, this yeah. is Eric. I'm confused. I don't know which Steve we're talking okay, about. Okay, when you close that, you're Steve from Comic Talk. You're Steve from Top 5. Let's see how well they pay attention. No. You're Steve from Steve. So usually are we in it. We ask. <laughs> there's a lot of us, so let's not do it this way. But we'll do it the Steve way. So we always go, what did you learn this episode? Steve from 616. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. What did I learn this episode? I learned... 
You could tell he's the kid who didn't pay attention in class. <laughs> I learned that all the batteries are charged before we start recording. It's a perfect answer. And what did you learn, Steve, from top five? What I learned, usually I ask you what I learned. <laughs> it is true. We're switching up. What did I'm the media comic industry isn't over. I mean, that's a good thing to learn, right? And I like the number 42. There you go. There you go. What did you learn, 45? We're just doing the seeds, what you guys learned. Oh, come on, man. There's only four more people. Come on. We can do it. We, we've had some oh. Matt, what did you learn today? I learned that I can't trust people with face tats. <laughs> I mean, that's sometimes what you learn every day, but that's all right. No, no, that is more like, more like a re-solidification. Like, I learned it more. I mean, okay. Alright. What did you learn today? You know, I learned a little bit, or actually a lot, about comic book distribution. I was unaware of the whole diamond, you know, uh, gambit, I guess you would call it. And uh, opened my eyes up to a lot of the same bullshit I see in the music industry. And would you say that gambit really showed you their deck of cards? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that was rough. I, I mean, you picture did that tattoo that Alexa had on your leg for the longest time. I have no faith in Jake's puns. <laughs> I had faith. It's gone. Man. Jake, what did you learn today? Um, I learned what kind of more like a realist. Uh, can't speak. I kind of re-realized, like Matt, is that how important the uh, small comic book brick and mortar shops are in order to explore more of it. How they're, how they're a necessity. You know, I think it's important that we, we forget that it's important when you want to grow in your fandom and how much that little band, our supplier, you, sure. are to us. We, we heart <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I think that's the right answer to that. I don't know. 45, would you like Sounds right. I learned that the two green things that you like are very opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's true. And the number of this episode is 42. Sure. What's the letter of the day? It's the thorn. C for crying. <laughs> C for crying. <laughs> anyway, you know? Anyways, guys, thank you for tuning in. You don't know. Thank you for tuning in this episode of Comic Toxic 26 forward slash... Top of Comics Podcast. And, yeah, I'll see you on your regular scheduled broadcasting next week. Who are you, Jack? Yeah, you I'm, are ending. I'm Lord Basehat. Uh, Mike with uh, Kill Zero Studios. I'm Matt with Comic Talk. Steve. I'm the other Steve. Guess which one? Top of Comics Podcast. I'm Josh. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Who's, yeah. who's Nega Steve? Out of you two. Like, someone's got to be the evil counterpart. There's another Steve. I usually call him another Steve. Do you even have to ask that question? Or you just like Archer. You just go <laughs> on. Yes, this Steve. Is, this, is part, this is the part of like the Spanish like soap opera where like it's revealed. See, the thing is that with the Spanish soap opera, it's usually got more facial hair. So I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm going to say a little bit longer. Someone has to make up a family beaches. I don't know which one's the first one. So maybe you two are the ones, and there's a real Steve, you two are the evil ones. <laughs> <laughs>